I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. An Erios production. Would I kill my own baby to save a village? Would I go back in time and kill him? Would I take the promotion at work? With strings attached? Would I eat muffins for the rest of my life if it meant I didn't have to go to school? Would I have Satan's child? The big ones! Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Big the ones. ones! I'm Maria. And I'm Amanda. Each week, we discuss new ethical questions ranging from historical decisions to relationship problems to brain-busting moral choices. The questions can be complicated to discuss, but they're always fun to talk about because they force you to look deep, deep, deep with inside yourself. Will you like what you see? Maria Blasucci. That's right. You guessed it. It's another mailbag. <laughs> Our first one was such a success. Why the demand's been out of control. <laughs> That's right. You're not hearing double. You're not by accident playing last week's episode. It's this week's episode and it's the same. Guys, it's 2021. Things are different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this. So Maria and I have been, we've had a busy couple of weeks and we are going to start getting back to having beloved guests on. Yeah. Uh, some of the fan favorites, all those wonderful comedian guests. But sometimes you wait to the last minute and you just got to throw caution to the wind and do a mailbag. And I have to say, I really enjoyed our episode last week. I did too. And, you know, because we were reading mail that had come in in 2017, it became very apparent <laughs> that we have a lot of people that we need to respond to. I think we could get away with doing a monthly mailbag. I think we could too. What do you guys think? Okay, well, you heard it here. <laughs> so... Amanda, we well, were just before. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's I was going to do the same oh, thing you're, you're about to do. Transition. Okay, go yeah. ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say right before we started the show, uh, we had been talking about if there was some sort of invention, uh, the, like, a, like a cookie trap. And instead of a cookie jar um, that, you know, you opened it and you got a cookie, something happened to you when you put your hand in the cookie jar, you know, some sort of zap or... Um, where it not only told you don't eat this cookie, but it also trained you that cookies are bad. Now, this is interesting. And so, of course, this is on the tales of a moral dilemma that I just started without even thinking I should save this for the podcast. I just started chatting with Maria before we started recording. Yeah. But I'm having a moral dilemma right now. I mean, I'm in a situation where my husband <laughs> bought Girl Scout cookies. What kind, may I ask? So, okay, so the little girl down the street, there's a little Girl Scout that lives down the street and um she alone? was on the corner she lives alone yeah she's been emancipated <laughs> and so fun. she yeah so she was selling girl scout cookies and so cute right we want to support you know the girl scouts um 
anyway, he bought he bought unconventional cookies because they were out of Thin Mints, which are my favorites. And okay, I'm a big advocate of freezing them. So he didn't have those. So he got Tagalongs, which, of course, uh, I believe Tagalongs are the dipped in chocolate. And then mm-hmm. they have a layer of peanut butter and like a sugar cookie. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got the lemon ones that have the inspirational sayings on them. Oh, that's nice. So they're these lemony cookies and they have like a layer of icing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then the last ones, I forget what they're called, but they're the peanut butter sandwich cookies. So it's two peanut butter cookies with like a layer of peanut butter. Oh, what are those A la an Oreo. Let me look. Let me look. I gotta know. Everyone's screaming right now. They're going, those are called uh, peanut butter Girl Scout cookies are called Dosey Dose. Dosey does, yeah. So and they're all really, really good. Yeah. So I the last really good. The last two days I've been hitting them hard. And of course, Matt eats a couple and then he he's like, I'm not eating sugar anymore for the week. Like he'll have some sugar on the weekend, but he's hasn't really eaten sugar the last year. That's um, crazy. Because he was like he a sugar to be addict. The, a cookie fiend. I mean, that was the thing. He just said, in order to sleep better, I have to cut out sugar. And he went cold turkey. So he's like such a moderator. He can have like two cookies on a weekend and then they just sit in the cupboard. That's really upsetting to hear that someone has that kind of self-control. I know. It's, it's really hard to be around. And so I'm not like that. And I love sugar and I try not to eat a lot of sugar just because I know sugar's the new smoking yeah, 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 yeah. That's what all the doctors are saying. They Plus, say I think like it's smoking. They say sugar is a killer. Okay, well, how much and I know this is hard because of all your baking exploits. Although we learned last week, you're trashing those cakes. Yeah, like a, talk about a psycho. <laughs> like full, but full cakes in the trash. Forever. People have been eating sugar forever. What happened? I don't know. Now they're saying sugar. Forget fat. Okay. That was coming from big, right. whatever. That Who was out to get fat? I forget. Was it like... The sugar companies. The sugar. You're, yeah. Okay, so. No, it was. I think so. So now they're saying sugar is like really, really bad for you. And we've always I, known it's not great. It's too good to be good. But you can have a little bit, like every day you could have a little taste, right? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think... It's probably best if we're if we're not eating added sugar. What about fruit? I see. I think f- natural sugars. I'm for me personally. I go to town. I'm talking cookies. I'm talking processed sugar snacks. Sure. I, well, that makes sense. That makes that that makes sense. And I don't keep that stuff in the house either. There's no way you're getting because if there's a pack of Oreos in the house, who, guess who's waking up at two a.m. and going into the kitchen. That I'm the same as you. And so all day today, like every hour I'm going in and just like grabbing a, a cookie and like eating it, you know, sort of behind Matt's back because I don't want anyone to see it. Right. Um. I mean, I'm like even uh struggle to keep like a kind bar in the house because anything that's like even dipped in chocolate, I lose my I lose my gonads over. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's just, you you can't have it around, but 
Just so you know what I want? I want one of these health food freaks. They're always making, you know, they're always making crackers. Everyone's always making like healthy crackers. Why can't you make like a no sugar added cookie? What's the why is that so hard? Well, but are you talking about an art of like they have those they have like keto cookies. And to me, it's almost like a waste. Why would you even eat that? Just have Here's, if you're going to eat something. This is what Priyanka says, though, Maria, which is normally what I live by, which is if I'm going to eat something bad, it better be worth it. So of course. But what I'm saying is why not? You're saying no added sugar. OK, so what if it's like a date cookie? And it's like, and I get, it's like, that's a fig Newton or whatever. Those are figs. But if it was, if it was like, um, you know, what's like a keto thing, cracker, it would be like a salty cheese, like a cheese strip, like a, a baked cheddar cheese biscuit. And on top of it would be just like cacao and Ew, do you well, this sounds good this sounds good to me honestly and then like a little bit of date sugar and so okay you're saying a baked cheese strip with cacao like a square a break a baked cheddar you know how like keto people they just put cheese in the oven and they make like cheese crisps oh okay and it, and it becomes like a little cracker but it's cheese like a crispy cheese cracker yeah it's like moon cheese from starbucks Mm, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then it would be like a like pure cacao mixed with some date sugar. And you would consider this a cookie? I'd consider that an answer to my prayers. <laughs> well, you could do that. Maybe I maybe I will try that. And what? Why do you think that cacao on cheese would be good? Because I like sweet and salty, and. I think that it would actually taste pretty good. I think that a lot of people eat chocolate and cheese together when they're eating when they're drinking wine. That's true. That is true. Um, and I, I just, I'm not looking for sweet substitutes. Like, I don't want to. Like, don't send me healthy cookie recipes. Like, I just don't want to be in the habit of eating cookies every day. Even if it's just some sort of banana, peanut butter, oatmeal cookie, which I've also made in the past. Now, let me tell you what I had for a snack today. I had a scoop of peanut butter with a handful of chocolate chips and then some hemp seed. Ooh, that sounds delicious. But I know those chocolate chips weren't the best thing to put on there. But I mean, is that, you know, is that like smoking a cigarette? No, I don't think so. Because I'm assuming they're dark chocolate, which they were semi-sweet. Okay. Well, I think that's okay because you also had some protein and fiber. Yeah. I think that's a that's a good snack right there. Yeah. But I've been ravenous today. I can't stop eating. I can't stop eating. But then again, maybe I'm just not eating things that are filling. So I don't know. Mm. Well, the hemp seeds should fill you right up. It didn't. It didn't. Yeah. Maybe you need to make a sandwich out of that. <laughs> <laughs> spread some a peanut butter sandwich that would be a good sandwich although for breakfast i did have peanut butter with banana on um ezekiel bread mm, that's one of the god's gifts right peanut butter banana toast and so is the ezekiel bread because it's so healthy yeah anyway yeah. i'm just saying my basically my dilemma is because i also hate wasting food but I, i'm gonna throw the cookies out well, 
I think you should drive past that little girl and you should hold him up and you should say, hey, hey. And then you should hold up a wastebasket and toss him in and go, look what I'm doing. You yeah, I think I will. Jerk. I think after this, that's what I'll go hop in the car and do. <laughs> <laughs> so you well, guys, well, Maria, oh. we, we need to touch base on our controversial episode last week because we got oh, listener feedback. We sure did, and by and we really did get one or two messages. And let's read some. <laughs> let's read some of them. Because and just to recap, in case you didn't hear last week's episode, Maria and I had a hot topic discussion about um, if you should separate the art from the artist, and we used an example. Because before on an episode, we had talked about sort of um, a, a movie director, like a Woody Allen type. And of course, that's in the zeitgeist right now. But we used the, um, what if it was a scientist who invented a vaccine to cure cancer? Maria said he should get an award. And I said, no way, Buster, am I giving that guy an award? <laughs> and, you know, in thinking of it through the week, you know, here's the thing. Why are awards even given out ask the golden globes i put those on for three minutes and i turned them off right away it was freaking me out it was freaking me out it was like alien awards i think i didn't watch them i honestly didn't even know they were on but it really does like when you see it stripped back like that it's just on zoom you realize how absurd the whole thing is it's really, really strange like wouldn't you feel strange getting all dressed up and just sitting on your couch I mean, it. I, I yes, of course. I would feel. I would feel embarrassed. And I, I, you know, I get it. What else are they supposed to do? You know, and these people have worked hard, and they, I think, should be rewarded. But I don't know what is an award show. If I, you know, what, what? Let's ask the big questions. If what if, is an award show, and why? Why do we do them? I guess it's good for the business, the, the the film industry and the television industry to bring eyes and ears to the craft of acting and filmmaking and television making. And it's a spectacle usually. And it's a way for, for us, you know, people to celebrate culture. Mm. But I, you know... Um, I think they're dying, though, especially the Golden Globes. Like it was so out of touch anyway. It just feels like less and less and less people care. I'll tell you what, there is nothing better than the Oscars in the 90s. Yeah, there's nothing better. And I've, you know, the last couple weeks I've been look, I've been back looking at some, you know, old opening monologues and some speeches and there's just Reliving really some red carpet days. interviews they're really nice so you're saying that you've just are rethinking awards in general and it's sort of changed maybe your thoughts on what we were talking about <laughs> yeah because i'm thinking well why even why even give awards out what does that do if there's no like money attached or whatever, because someone wrote in saying like usually grant money is given to people who win science awards and stuff. And it's like, well, OK, well, if that's not part of this award show, then what's the point? And I would you never wouldn't want to give him. You wouldn't no. want to give him money. No, <laughs> no, I wouldn't give the abusive scientist money. No. OK. What if he tried to sell the statue? 
I'd have I'd be like, have you ever watched Ellen when she goes on eBay and finds people that have sold gifts that she's given away on her show? Are you kidding? Yeah, and then they show up. Then, then actually, this is really bonkers. And then, like, a producer says, "I'll take it." And then they show up at the person's house with a camera crew, going, "Why are you selling Ellen stuff? You didn't like it when Ellen gave it to you." This is this woman's out for blood because that uh, stunt she pulled, where she uh, set someone up, she entrapped yeah. her audience when she put out the fake merch booth. I know it is odd. It's like a strange thing of like. Well, God forbid I don't need like a foot massager that you gave everyone in the audience and I'm trying to sell it for $25 on eBay. Like, By God the way, forbid. that goes against the spirit of giving, which is That's give right. for the joy of giving. And it, then it's out of your hands. That's um, someone's got to look in. Someone's got to look into that. Someone's got to look into that. I mean, I guess it's all part of a joke, but you, you know, the person that sold it, I bet that's embarrassing. That's so embarrassing. It's not right. Someone trying to make a few extra bucks. <laughs> Do you have the feedback from the listeners? Okay, I'm, I'm looking. Hold, please. You had sent me some too. Um, yeah, do you, hold on a minute. I've got it here. Okay, here we go. Abusive scientist who cures cancer. (laughs) Hi, big ones. Scientist here. I am writing in response to your mailbag episode, in particular, the scenario with the abusive scientist who cures cancer. Mini side rant, because of the nature of science and academia, it is literally impossible for one single person to be behind a discovery this huge. They almost definitely have a colleague or student who deserves to share the credit. But let's imagine somehow they were able to cure cancer all on their own. If the award is somehow monetary, you can say this was the greatest achievement in science this year. However, due to the actions of the person, we will instead donate the money to XYZ cause. Okay, I like that idea. I think that's that's kind of what I'm talking about is saying like this was the greatest achievement, but we don't have to award the person, but let's award the achievement. But also interesting, they mentioned that science is so collaborative because that is how a lot of film and TV is as well. That's right. And, it, you know, a movie actor is is it all comes together in the editing room. It, OK, she said it. Uh, <laughs> the, some exceptions, though, are the auteur directors, such as a Woody Allen, who he really, I believe, doesn't really collaborate well but he does put people in the movies that can kind of work he knows how to spot the people that are right for the roles Mm. if it's purely a title then no absolutely not there is no reason why they would need to be celebrated also if you are interested in a somewhat relevant real life example i give you richard feynman Brilliant physicist, revolutionized his field, and idolized by many. Also, massive misogynist and sexual harasser. Mm. Well, thank you. That was very, uh, that was great to get a scientist's perspective. Amanda? No. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for writing in. All right, you can read this next one. This is... um, this is another take on uh, the scientist who, the no good scientist. 
Okay. Hi, big ones. Maria, I love you, but your take is scaring me. (laughs) This is regarding the hypothetical horrible scientist that cures cancer from the mailbag episode. I'm with Amanda on this one. Use the cure for cancer, but there's no way to reward what he did without rewarding the person, even if that's not your intention. This is about intention versus impact for me. Not to get too serious on this fun pod, but I try to think about it from the survivor's perspectives. And if they see this guy getting rewarded for something he did, even if it was something great like curing cancer, it just reinforces that what happened to them doesn't matter. And if you contribute to society in a big enough way, you will still be awarded. And that's what the public will see. Quote, well, if they gave him this award, he can't be that bad, right? That's, I really agree with this. It's like normalizing the behavior and mm-hmm. saying you're still included in this world, even though you're a nasty, nasty man. Not playing by the rules. Yeah. Yeah. I know there are a lot of variables in this fake scenario, but same with the real world. If we were to award Woody Allen for his art, which we've done while trying to separate the bad things we know, it's just reinforcing that the movie and the award are more important than the people he's affected. Sure, don't delete all the movies from existence, but we don't need to go above and beyond in honor to honor him and ignore the people he's hurt. Find someone more deserving. Awards are usually rigged anyway, and that scientist or Woody Allen just doesn't need it. Give it to Amanda, even though she stole sun chips from Subway. (laughs) Hopefully these rambly thoughts make some sort of sense. Anyway, I laughed out loud at, quote, it's frozen bitch in last week's episode. Um, Love you guys. Love the pod. Believe survivors and don't support abusers. Of course. Of course. And I'm not trying, you know, what I was saying was not supporting an abuser. I was trying to support an achievement without supporting the abuser. But I see now because award shows are just fake that it's not even possible and doesn't even matter. Mm. Mm hmm. Because what award, all award shows are are just for people to pat themselves on the back. It's just unnecessary. But it is fun. Well, I don't know how fun the science awards are. Well, yeah. But that's something that, you know, I'd, I'd love to take the reins, try it, you know, try it out for a year, see if I could produce something really off the, off the charts. But it, like... It, oh, I'd love to host the Science Awards. Hey, guys. That's how I'd start. <laughs> um, but it is fun, right? It was fun in the 90s and early 2000s, the Oscars. And then they just got... But then again, it wasn't because it was just Weinstein buying all these things. That's the thing. I know. We, it was a we, farce. We look back and now we know too much, you know. But I do think, you know, celebrity has changed and Hollywood has changed. So it used to be the Oscars were sort of the one night a year. They'd let them loose around town and they'd all come together. <laughs> you know, it was like Halloween in a way with all the spirits, yeah. you know, Dia de los Muertos with everyone <laughs> like rising the from the dead. Yes. But but now we get to see our celebrities, you know, on Instagram and they're posting and talking to us. So I feel like the novelty of this sort of glamorous facade of the Hollywood yeah. star has 
is dead, 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 dead and gone. And our dreams of stardom are dead, dead, dead and gone with that. Any uh, hopes we had when we were little girls of becoming a, a, a big movie star. I mean, that's not a thing anymore. No, it's not. I think Jennifer Lawrence was the last movie star movie star and that's what I'll title my biography on her. <laughs> I mean, Jennifer although I, I did watch the Billie Eilish docuseries Wasn't and you see so nice. Yeah, it was interesting, but you see something like that and you go like there's no way she's getting out of this unscathed. Like there's there's it's a yeah. deal with the devil and there's always a flip side. Especially her when your parents you, are nice, don't you? Her think? parents seem nice. Yeah, I gotta say though, I'm worried about their relationship because you didn't see the two of them interacting a whole lot. Mm. Oh, the mom and dad. Yeah, it's all Billy, 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 Billy this, Billy that. Yeah. But then again, it was a Billy Eilish documentary, so I don't true. think they put in them, you know, talking about who put gas in the car. That's true. Although that was the one conversation they had. yeah i guess i i guess you know not to sound like uncle maria but it does you know the tiktok stars are where are the are the big celebrities now and i don't even know who they are (laughs) all right here's another male piece of mail And it's entitled Separating the Art from the Artist. You guys had a big discussion about separating art from the artist in the latest mailbag. Specifically, you were talking about whether a person's abusive actions should disqualify them from winning an award. Amanda's position was that abusers should never receive awards from achievement, receive any awards from achievement, while Maria believed we should still honor significant achievements from abusive people. I think about this a lot since so many artists whose work I admire have admire have turned out to be somewhat why is it so hard for me to read since so many artists whose work I admire have turned out to have somewhat sordid secrets. I actually believe strongly that as a responsible human being, it's important that we do separate art or achievement from artist or achiever. The tendency in American society is to put everything into binaries. For example, you're a good person or a bad person. I think this binary is particularly harmful to us all. I had to contend with this when I found out, for example, that Stanley Kubrick was kind of abusive on set. Stanley Kubrick is someone whose art speaks to me on a deeply personal level, and if I adhere to the good-bad binary, then I suddenly am like, wait, if I identify with this abuser's art, does that mean I'm a shitty person too? The answer is no. Years of therapy and self-reflection have helped mold this perspective in my mind. We cannot put people into good and bad categories because everyone is capable of both. Everyone can contain beauty and light as well as darkness and ugliness. That's why someone like, say, Joss Whedon is able to produce beautiful, empowering art, but also created a toxic environment on set. I don't need to love everything about the man. I sympathize with the victims of the toxicity of his toxicity and condemn his actions. But I also recognize that the things he produced that spoke to me came from a different place in him that is beautiful. It's important to hold that disparate truth. People can do both harmful things and be shitty to each other. Everyone is the hero of their own story and everyone's goal is to be good. Anyway, sorry this was so long. Thanks again for the podcast and always being so funny and insightful. 
Interesting email. Now, that's a generous perspective. <laughs> I get, look, I, here's what I think. I think there's different levels of uh, uh, badness, right? I think that, and, and I know that's hard to say, but I mean, someone who's aggressive or uh, harasses people on set is and is, I know it's gonna be crazy, but is different than someone who rapes. And well, I think that's that, not crazy. <laughs> I, I think, but someone, it's yeah. I think there is a. Uh, it's it's not it. Yeah, there's a definitely a sliding an, scale. It's not cut and dry. Yeah, it's the sliding scale. It's not cut and dry. There's a spectrum of you know people can kind of look and see well does it feel really bad that i'm rewarding this person or do are we able to look at this person and see that they're you know maybe just a a a dark cloud of a person that doesn't treat other people very well well i think there is a difference between like oh this person created a toxic uh work environment and this person is a like convicted abuser of like women and children i i mean i definitely for me i would be i would struggle now to watch and enjoy art probably from someone i knew was really that did those bad things i mean i could probably watch i i don't know much about with the joss whedon situation but i'm thinking i could no one's taking away your buffy Buffy. no one's taking away that's the thing so i do see like i understand our listeners point of view that there's people are complex we're both we're all have good and bad inside of us but i do think like we just don't need to keep empowering and enabling the toxic people when there's so many other evolved compassionate people who deserve opportunities the other question is you know someone like stanley kubrick who maybe who did who who allegedly of what this listener is saying had you know made a very toxic work environment for some people you know no one else has done what he's done you know there's not someone coming up being the next stanley kubrick he was in and of itself you know his own artist and i think people take that and go like well this is one of a kind and he may have done these these questionable things but he was an he he really did change the culture for sure i mean i don't know much about that situation but i also know like when you're talking about like celebrity chefs like there's been some celebrity chefs where that i really liked who it's come out that they had like were screaming at their employees and like not treating them well and and then i think i'm talking specifically about um let me make sure i'm getting this right um okay okay so like i'm talking about like david chang right so he's like momofuku and He's got a couple of shows. Anyway, so he's been like accused now of like traumatizing employees and stuff. And he's come out and kind of like tried to own it. I don't know if his like his owning it has been sufficient or whatever. But to me, it's like, I I don't know, like that to me is different from someone who's like been criminally accused and charged with right abuse and then it's up to you personally to make a decision like do i want to support this person or not like everyone has their own boundaries and that's okay if he's yelling at people 
I mean, uh, but, uh, you know, also, who's to say that the product he got wasn't because he ran such a tight ship? But I think that is what we're dispelling now in society. And, like, this idea that, like, the abuse equals some sort of, like, masterful product. This is the narrative Mm -hmm. that's been out there, right, with all these, like, auteur directors and these celebrity chefs and, like, even, uh, like, acting teachers. It's like, I'm going to abuse you so that this product I, I, I this is the only way and i personally think that's like 120 percent bullshit well it's like in a league of their own which i just rewatched, and you should rewatch too because it's really something else but when he yells at uh, uh, doris and he says there's no crying in baseball and then she's like you don't have to be so mean to me and then the next time she does something wrong instead of yelling at her he just says that she needs to try harder next time and then she says thank you that is such see that's such a good message yeah yeah anyway it's an interesting discussion i think it's a real hot topic it's the hottest topic hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So this comes in. So in addition to Frozen, might you guys be thinking this comes into last week's episode where we were talking. Maria was asking, what is that media I saw where the woman has to wear gloves? And I realized someone brought it to my attention that I what I was thinking of was the haunting of Hill House. Okay. So who wears gloves in that? The young sister. The young sister. Okay. So this listener says, in addition to Frozen, might you guys be thinking of one of my favorite shows, Pushing Daisies, in which the main character can touch dead things to bring them back to life. But if he touches them again, they die forever. He touches his childhood sweetheart to bring her back, but can never touch her again, even though they are madly in love. I'm imagining in your show, the touch, both of you have the magic touch, but it only works when you touch an item at the same time. I hope by the time you get around to reading this, you've had many fan fix sent in like the cabin crew (laughs) (laughs) love the pod anna uh i love pushing daisies i I haven't seen it in so long but it's possible we were thinking of that as well yeah i've never seen pushing oh so no not possible do Um, we have any other listener dilemmas like people maybe from the last five years who've written in with yeah yeah problem Hi, guys. My name is Sydney, and I'm from Michigan. I love your podcast so much. It always makes me smile and morally question myself. I actually found it through web crawlers, which I found through The Alarmist. So I'm a big fan of the Erios Network. I haven't listened to most of your episodes yet, so this might be a question similar to one you've already done. It's actually from the book Little Fires Everywhere. I'll give you the basic story and then the details and you can decide how many of the details actually matter here are the basics a young single mother has a baby she gets postpartum depression and one night in a fit of despair decides to give the baby up social services 
place the baby with a prospective couple who really wants to adopt her. After around a year, the mother has gotten herself out of the rut, is mentally and financially stable, and wants her baby back. Should the couple be allowed to adopt, or should the girl go back to her mother? Some details if you're interested. One, the mother immigrated from China a few years back and didn't know during her depression that there were mental health services and people who could support her. She might have kept the baby if she knew she could get help. Two, the couple who took care of the baby for a year have been trying to have a child for a very long time. They were also very wealthy and socially accepted in the community. The mother, though, now financially stable, would not be able to provide the luxuries that this couple could, including a two-parent home. Three, the couple is white. They do not have any knowledge of Chinese culture, and in the year they had the child, they did not try to expose her to anything of her culture. The mother would be able to teach her daughter about her background. Four, the couple, if they adopted would not allow the mother to visit her child. No visitation rights, no knowledge of her birth parents. That's the story. Sorry it's a bit long, but I thought the details mattered. I think that the baby should go back to her mother, but I'd be interested to hear what you guys think. Anyway, thanks for making funny, engaging, and amazing podcast. Best wishes, Sydney. Now, I've read Little Fires Everywhere, and I watched, I think, only probably one or two episodes of the miniseries with... um, Mm. Uh, Carrie Washington and Reese Witherspoon. Okay. So I'm familiar with this dilemma. It's a good suggestion. It's a great suggestion. What do you think? Well, I, um, it's so hard, right? Because this family took in this baby and they've had her for a year. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the system has to favor keeping kids with their biological parents unless mm-hmm. like legally it's been settled or yeah. there's like a real reason not to. Yeah, I agree. I think that baby should go back with her um, with her birth mother. Plain I, and simple. And then you think like, oh, but... It's such a slippery slope if you're like, yeah, but we could give the baby a better life. First of all, uh, define a better life. Yeah, and second of all, buy happiness. You can't buy happiness. And second of all, then what's to stop anyone with money from like stealing a baby and saying, well, I can give it a better life. Right, right. But they didn't steal it. I mean, it was done, th- you know, through... But yeah, but I get what you're saying. It's yeah. that that, that you, you're setting a precedent that better a, a baby's life is better if the baby has you know a, a really nice dollhouse, you know, in a pool. Right. I mean, and those things are nice. But a dollhouse, you could build a dollhouse. I don't think it'd be that expensive. Well, I'm thinking of a very elaborate one. Okay, interesting. Did you have a dollhouse growing up? My grandpa made me a dollhouse. That's so cute. Do you still have it? Uh, I'm living in it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's probably in storage. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. This is, this was from June and, um, he's talking about, well, let me read it and we can try and decode. 
Uh, anonymous messaging could totally be used for nefarious purposes, as Matt suggested. But whistleblowers and others who want to pass along evidence of injustice to journalists slash investigators also depend on anonymous messaging to feel safe coming forward. There is no way to have privacy without accepting that some people will take advantage of that right. It comes down to which you value most, the authority of the government or the liberty of citizens. Hmm. I don't remember what that's in regards to. No, but it's definitely something to think about. (laughs) It is. (laughs) What could he be talking about? Oh, this it could have, this is back when we were sort of doing the daily big ones, so it could have been something like that. Yeah, I I mean we I think it just has to stay where you know that's that can just exist as its own little thing. Okay, but good. I I I enjoy the authority of the government or the liberty of the citizens. That's very oh, intriguing to okay. think about. Okay, here's another one. Hi, big ones. I love you guys. I came across your podcast after listening to In Voorhees We Trust, and you have quickly become my favorite podcast. And of course, In Voorhees We Trust is my husband, Matt Gorley's podcast. He hosts with Paul Rust, where they discuss uh, horror movies. Um, A few weeks ago, they have a Patreon shout out. A few weeks ago, I was at a noon Year's Eve party, like a New Year's Eve, but for children. You celebrate at noon instead of midnight. This sounds fun. At the Natural History Museum in my hometown. They had face painting at the event, and my four-year-old daughter really wanted to get her face painted. I saw the line was long, and they only had two people painting faces, so I tried to talk her out of it, but she was adamant. My parents had gone to the event with us, so I waited in line while my daughter and her grandparents did other activities. After waiting nearly an hour, I was close to the front of the line. A woman, a couple people ahead of me, reached the front of, uh, reached the front, and her child got their face painted. She then proceeded to bring four more children up to the oh, line to get their face yeah. painted, saying she was in line for them too. Apparently, she had been holding a place in line for her children as well as multiple friends' children. Everyone in the line around me was totally bugged by this, but nothing really happened. Happened. Here is my question. In this situation, how many children slash people is it acceptable to be holding a place in line for? I know this is a silly question, but the woman's behavior really bugged me and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, P.S. I listened to your episode with Evan Goldberg and I wanted to chime in with some info I have regarding circumcision. I have a friend who is a urologist and in his residency, he actually worked on the first penis transplant. Whoa. The transplant recipient lost his penis due to penile cancer. My doctor friend informed me that in most cases of penile cancer, the patients are uncircumcised and that being circumcised lowered your likelihood of penile cancer. I am not saying this makes the issue cut and dry, pun intended, but it's an interesting piece of information. Wow. Now, I don't know what causes penile cancer, but if it's, I know that when you have your foreskin, it's possible that you you have to be more careful about STDs and stuff. So if Mm -hmm. you know how like HPV can cause cervical cancer, maybe, I don't know. This is just, I'm not a doctor, but that's interesting. That is interesting. 
Now, this cutting in line thing or the saving spots in line, what do I think? I think that if you're at a kid's noon year's eve party you're holding a spot for one kid and if another parent has a kid there that parent's got to hold the spot for their kid i think you're right i think you get to hold the spot for as many kids that are yours yeah not that your adoption comes in because you could do a quick adoption if you needed to get more kids in there but that's why you can't do a quick adoption that's right, because people abuse the system like that. I think you can hold the spot if if you're you are the guardian of however many children that day. You can hold their spots. If someone else has a parent there, you cannot. Right, and why can't these kids wait in line? I think that would be good for them to wait in line. Mm, I agree. You want your face painted? Do you, let's see you wait an hour in line. You can't do anything else. Like this is where we learn value and time is money. Exactly. Is it worth getting, you know, getting a a unicorn on your face or would you rather go in the bouncy house? This is why I always show up to a party with my face already painted. (laughs) I always show up with my own face painter. (laughs) Maria, do you remember when... I used to do princess birthday parties. I know we've told this story before, but this was probably like 12 years ago. No, maybe 10 years ago. I feel bad. I feel bad. I gave that, I gave the birthday girl a brown rainbow. (laughs) Well, I, okay, so I got booked to do this birthday party in the valley at this like McMansion. And I had to dress up like Rapunzel and they had paid for me to have an assistant. So what we would always have our assistants, they would be called our royal pages. And it normally was like some guy and he'd wear like this purple plush velvet, um, like prince's top and a big prince hat. But so I and they got paid like 50 or dollars for an hour. <laughs> so I said, Maria, hey, meet me at this thing. And you want to make a quick 50 bucks? And of course you did. Yeah. So Maria was my royal page. And so we both had to face paint all these kids. Where are we coming? We're coming back from Santa Barbara. I was coming back from Santa Barbara. I think that's right. And so we this was like really north in the valley. And so we met there. And then you had to throw on this royal page costume. put on that costume. And then they asked me to face paint. I don't know how to paint. And all the colors ran together on the birthday girl. And she had a a brown rainbow. And she... (laughs) said she liked it but, I, I would um, just do dots on everyone's foreheads like as a crown but I, they would just be like a row of dots going across their forehead yeah i hope no one took pictures but then do you that remember the funniest really part about all that is the yeah, guy at the end of the party the dad he goes yo rapunzel do you get high and then i was like <laughs> oh well sometimes <laughs> And then he handed me my tip was a bunch of weed and a little Dixie cup. That's so that's that's the Deep Valley for you. That's Silmar. I guess they had the dispensary money. Well, to pay for Rapunzel in a royal page. I know that cost them probably like a two fifty at least. All right. Well, here's a here's one more email and it's um i think it's a it's gonna be nice dear marie and amanda i'm writing because i have a deep love for all that you two all the two of you create and that has inspired me and my pal uh kalila i hope i'm saying that 
right? To make our own podcast mixing deadpan absurdity with earnest soul searching. There you go. I've been a I have been a huge fan since the first episode of The Big Ones, which led me to Ghost Girls, buying a Stitcher account for The Complete Woman, buying the Pistol Shrimps documentary, and listening to the podcast, seeking out your guest spots on shows like Spontaneous Nation and Drunk History, the stuff on the Andrew DeYoung channel, web crawlers, Whoa, other Erio shows. They went anyway, deep. And I hope, I, you know what so I was thinking nice. the other day when we have people who are like deep in like that, the real test is, but do you listen to Let's Talk with Lydia de Alvarado? whatever that's her right is. do you listen to let's talk with lydia de avila de ho it's yes. on the erios channel check it well, out anyways if, you'll love it you if know. you haven't listened to it yet the chemistry you two have immediately clicked with the chemistry you two have immediately clicked with me and gave me a sort oh, damn it the chemistry <laughs> it's really sad you're getting <laughs> mad at yourself <laughs> it's like on top model when they have to do a commercial and none of them can do it the chemistry you two have immediately clicked with me and gave me a sort of permission to create stuff with my friend Kalila. So I wanted to send you an episode of our podcast Dragon Wheel on all platforms. But here's a link to the specific episode on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. All right, guys, listeners, go check out Dragon, Dragon Wheel. Wheel. Sounds like if you like the big ones, you'll love Dragon Wheel. I'm sure y'all receive emails like this all the time. Not so much. So I'm not expecting you to listen, but wanted to send as sort of a thank you for creating and putting good, fun, inspiring vibes into the universe. On top of being creatively inspiring, your work has consistently brought much needed levity in some difficult times over the years. And that's a beautiful thing. I can't wait to hear and see more creations from y'all. And that hope and and that hope and hope this finds you safe, well, and feeling proud of all the amazing work you've done and do warmly, Tom. Oh, that is so nice. Thank you, Tom. That's so nice, Tom. The Dragon Wheel podcast, you guys, give it a whirl. I'm going to give it a listen. I know. I just and, looked it up. Um, I just looked it up. I found it. Um, a game show podcast where uh, Kalila Holt and Tom coat drag race through time on the wheels of childhood your childhood wheels like on a car it sounds so fun <gasps> i think it's i think it's great congratulations that's so awesome that is so nice um well you guys you know what to do if you go listen to dragon wheel leave rate and review there you go and maria are we winding down now because i have something i want to say before we end what <laughs> i'm quitting <laughs> you're going to be on dragon wheel yeah. <laughs> um no i want to say this week uh marie and i may not have pulled all the stops out for you on this episode of the big ones but uh we have a couple of exciting shows on the Erios network that you're not going to want to miss so one is a new season of we need to talk about britney is debuting. Mm -hmm. And as anyone who saw the New York Times documentary, we really do need to talk about Britney. So check out Jen Zabrowski's new season uh, has debuted. Also, we had Jen on The Alarmist to do an episode on who's to blame for the Britney Spears conservatorship. And it was a really good conversation. We didn't blame who I thought we were going to blame. And then we Ooh. also spoke with a family attorney who sorts sort of talk to us about conservatorships and um, 
and we learned a lot about them. So I think check wow. check both of those out this week on the Erios Network. And what what's coming up I, on web crawlers? Well, web crawlers, uh, we actually did a Britney episode where we talked to one of the girls, uh, Tess uh, Barker, who started the 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 Britney Spears podcast, and they're interviewed in the documentary. Wow. Oh, okay. Yes. So she came on and just kind of uh, talked about what was going on exactly, and that's a really great episode. And then this week, there's a, a episode on Lilydale, which Amanda, have you heard of Lilydale, no. New York? No, it's a it's a community of all spiritualists, meaning psychics, psychics, mediums. Um, the it's literally just a little village, and they all live together. Okay, I have heard about this, and we had a psychic on uh, Celeste Elliot, and she talked about what it's like living there. And then another uh, tarot reader came on and told Allie that she's um, in love with her brother. And? And it all checks out. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get any psychic reads? Because I know sometimes they'll kind of zero in on you. No, no, no. She didn't. She didn't zero in on me. She had a she knew exactly what she was there to do. And she did it. Um, And I had closed myself off. I wore a mask. Energetically, I see. So, guys, this has been another uh, uh, mailbag. Next week, we will be back with another amazing guest. But I'm glad that we could have these two weeks to just kind of reconnect. Mm-hmm. It's and been nice. What? I said yeah, it's been it's nice. Been, it's been nice. And if you guys aren't Patreon subscribers, you better get on there because we have been busting out the gold. We've been busting out the gold. I mean, if this is a taste of what you're going to get on Patreon. So mm-hmm. if, yeah. if you are enjoying this or even just not hating it. <laughs> That's right. Head on over to Patreon. There's hours and hours and hours of content. And um, yeah, you can you be with us through our journey, through our Patreon journey. Please rate and review. It's so important that you guys rate and review. We've been getting some really great new reviews and we really appreciate it. But please, if you can just take a moment and just five star it up. Wow. And tell your friends. I think if you've been listening to the big ones and you uh, for a while, I Mm -hmm. just like text your friends. If there's an episode, you know, you can share the episodes on Apple Podcasts. Just like do a little group text and say, hey, everyone, I think this might brighten up your day. Yeah, and then say, and let's talk about it. Like, And then you quiz them on it a day later and you see if they've listened to it or not. You have to hold people accountable for when you suggest stuff to them. That's right. Please email us your big, big ones, your dear big ones at thebigonespodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us, thebigonespod on Twitter. You guys, it's been another beautiful experience. (laughs) You know what? I just have to say, I just thought of one of my favorite... uh, listener dilemmas ever was when one of our listeners wrote in saying a coworker had given them a book to read and that it has been haunting her oh, yeah. for like months and months just she can't get herself to read it and she feels too awkward to return it and this cursed book yeah. has just been like making her stay up all night 
I think about yep. that a lot. It's it's maybe one of the most relatable dilemmas <laughs> we've ever covered. But you know what? I have a new I have a new answer to that. You get that book on tape, and then you can just listen to it in the car. You d- you don't have to be beholden to it anymore. Now it's just something you can passively listen to. I think that's a good that's idea. I I, and then I also think if you know your well, we don't need to get into it again. But I think you know yourself well enough now to the next time someone tries to offer you something, you go, no, 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 I'm actually reading something else. I've got a big stack. I can't take this right now. Yeah, you put your hands up, you close your eyes and you just you shun it away. You 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 expel you expel the gift from existence. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Big One. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 